Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Dr. Jeremy Weiss here, host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, giving, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Before I formally introduce Alejandro Leibovich of how to manage um, past guests, you know, Alejandro, I always like to mention past guests of the podcast. So people can check out other episodes. We have David Allen of Getting Things Done, Michael Gerber of the E-Myth, uh, mutual friend uh, Cameron Harold of CLO Alliance that both of us know, and many, many more. So check out the podcast episodes. And this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. So if you've had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and maybe the 10th time you spent explaining it, there is a better way, there is a solution. Sweet Process is actually a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. So when I was talking to one of the owners, Owen, not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. So you could use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time and your team's time, so you can focus on growing, which is actually the topic of today we're going to go through in a second. So you can sign up for a free 14-day trial and there are no credit cards required. Go to sweetprocess.com. It's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. I'm excited to introduce Alejandra Leibovich and she's co-founder, um, COO, CIO. We're going to go into that a little bit of how to manage enterprises. She grew up in Argentina in a town where milk was delivered by wagon and pulled by a horse. And talk about that, Alejandra, to automating systems with technology. It's a big uh, gap there. And she decided to move to the States in her early 20s. She co-founded six times in a row, Inc. 5000, fastest growing companies, how to manage enterprises, where she was a COO and CIO. She created all the systems so well that she replaced herself. And she could be, you know, they can be found at howtomanage.com. She's got uh, an amazing background as an animator. She worked for MTV, Nickelodeon, and many more. So Alejandra, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, people <clears throat> usually um, don't understand how the, how the variety can happen. But to me, it's all about design and designing a logo, designing an animation, designing a cartoon character. To me, it's kind of the same as designing a system, a software, or your life, right? And we're going to dig into um, how do you replace yourself so you can grow? It's not so you can move on to a different job, but how you can do bigger and better things within a company and how custom software can buy you freedom from mistakes, time, and allow you to have explosive growth. So we're going to really explore that. Um, before we do, talk a little bit about um, what you do and what the company does and how to manage. So behind it all, we are a personal development company. Uh, dressed as uh, we help entrepreneurs, um, mainly law firm owners, to um, we function as their external or uh, outsource CEO, COO, CFO, CSO, and CMO. Uh, most small businesses don't need to have; they don't have the capacity to pay or 
to have enough work for a full-time CEO or CEO, CMO, CFO. Um, so we provide a service where multiple businesses share one of those. And uh, we help the, our goal is that the businesses grow. That's basically what we do. I love it. And so I want to dig into what we were talking about, which is custom software de development. How can that buy freedom from mistakes? Because, you know, when you were CEO, you're like, how can we make things more efficient? How can we eliminate mistakes? And I wanted to kind of start with, um, we were talking before we hit record about the enrollment system. Do you want to talk mm -hmm. about what you did there and maybe some of the problems you saw and then what, what you created? Sure. So, um, I kind of, my philosophy while growing the company and running the company was always to avoid mistakes. Why? Because clients get really, really mad when you make mistakes on them, uh, especially with their files or not knowing information about them. And I saw it, I've done uh, every job in the company. So I had experience of having mad customers because there was a mistake. Um, so I started slowly creating technology to avoid those mistakes, to take kind of the, the, the everyday tiring thing that somebody has to do into uh, like over and over again into small pieces of software. So all of my technology starts usually with a bot that is a small um, software that does one specific thing. And for example, it checks uh, if some people have uh, multiple, whatever, uh, multiple, um, uh, extra calls, for example, with a one-on-one -on -one CEO, or if they don't have enough of those calls, if they don't have one in, in an entire month, or they check everything that we will uh, that um, that a client will get upset because we didn't deliver a service they are paying for. So with that, I started slowly and quarter by quarter. Um, adding different things to those little bots and combining them. So then um, I, one, avoiding mistakes on, on enrolling someone into a program. So they got absolutely everything that they needed to get in the right order from the welcome emails to the homework, to the information on their calls, um, the, the in logins to the membership site, logins to our app, like everything that, that they need to have. So um, I started first with the bots and then it ended up becoming a software that we call Big Picture Ops, where it's basically um, a system to um, enroll everybody uh, without mistakes. Before the software was fully finished, it would take us basically 20 hours to enroll a group of, let's say, 40 people, 50 people. Now it takes about a minute and a half, and there is nobody doing it. So um, it's combining, um, my, my philosophy on creating this, uh, this software is to first know step-by-step step what you need to do, what needs to happen, and with whom, and what are the variables, and then, um, start creating little pieces that start testing if, it, if that is right. Because what you think is needed is not necessarily what is actually needed. So, um, so slowly, it takes about, 
I would say a good year to two years to get a fully functional software that can do everything that you want to do from the very beginning um, to the end. So let me see if I have this right, Alejandro. And I would yeah. love to hear at the end, when you started doing this, did you, you know, maybe you didn't set out to hire developers. I know that you do development, but did you have to hire more? But what I see is first, it sounds like you map out the process, all the details. Then you look at in the process, where are the most mistakes being made? Where are the most, what's the most repetitive stuff that maybe you can, you can create a bot for. And also within that, those rep repetitions, what are the problems and pain points that are occurring? Then you create a little bot, a bot that does something small, that automates something small. And then once you start to build out those bots for the, you know, the process, all mm -hmm. of a sudden you're like, we've created bit by bit, these building blocks of a software. And then is that I accurate? Yes, it ba is basically like that. You basically do what in software is called an MVP. Um, like you even start before an MVP, like a, a minimal viable product. You start with little pieces of that minimal viable product and you test them. And most of the time, what you think is going to be needed is not or it needs to be changed because things don't work like they work in your head. Um, pretty much never. <laughs> So you have to be open to change it and, uh, and also to test it with real people. And you tell them, I'm testing this thing. You might get these things wrong. So don't get mad. Uh, this, is, this is what we're testing. Yeah. And like, usually business owners respect it. Because yeah, like in the enrollment system, like you were saying, you've mapped out the process. You've identified what's repetitive, where are their mistakes. You create a bot in that the bot may send out an email. It's not the email that was wanted. So you kind of test the actual bot within the process. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And for example, depending on who enrolled that person, that client, it might be that they forgot a different piece. So now they don't have the exact same, all of the elements that somebody else has. So then they miss something. So then it's like, oh, now I need to add to the bot this other part before to make sure that everybody comes in with the exact same things that we need. Those kinds of mistakes happen all the time. One time when I had it, when I had the whole enrollment system done, that it was the first time going from 20 hours of two people working on enrolling all these people to a minute and a half. What happened was that it was so easy that the person doing the enrollment, like filling out that, that form, like making those choices, she put them all in one program. Why in the first program? Because it was just too easy. She didn't kind of realize that it needed to change and that they belong to different programs. And then what happened was that we couldn't stop it. We hadn't even thought about how do we stop it if it's wrong. Uh -huh. So you discover all of those things by doing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of how it works you need like yeah. some kind of switch you're like boom we need to go in and change course if it wasn't entered in right in the first place especially at that speed imagine 20 hours two people like 40 hours reduced to a minute and a half so yeah. you know it when something was uh, went wrong none of us you don't have time you don't have time to, because it's two minutes no. It's yeah. two minutes. Well, but they had our tools, like for example, that then we came up after that you can with one button, stop everything, pause everything that's happening. If you realize it right fast enough, but then 
And then also, how do you undo all of those things? Because now they have to be enrolled into something else. So that, um, that happens, it happens. You, and you do and you learn. Yeah. Um, but going 20 hours of, you know, onboarding time to, to less than two minutes is, is pretty darn good. Yeah, um, and it, it, it has gotten improved since I, uh, since I replaced myself, the new um, director of operations and the new tech person that are doing those two jobs, um, they even improved it even further. And those are all things that um, before, well, we didn't need it. And then it's always good, in my opinion, to build it and then give it to somebody that is better than you at it. And I apologize. I work from my house and my dog was just fine. No worries. You heard it. So with the, you know, what what I think of too, Andre is hiring. So when you got into starting this company, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you start to create the software because that's helping you um, optimize and scale and, and get, you know, have less mistakes. Did you find that you started hiring differently because of this mentality of like hiring more technologists? How did that change your hiring? Yes, uh, operations uh, has to be extremely technical. We started hiring developers to help in operations, to help create these bots and to understand also how everything is connected. Um, The one number one, I would say, issue that we have to make sure when we are developing and also training people is that they understand and not just in operations in every in every part of the company is that everything is connected to each other so if they make a change in one place then that will affect something is going to stop working and what i did was uh now technology is all in one department even though they are um, developers in uh, programs. There are different in different areas where there are developments. Now we are actually developing a full in-house development team that works for every single part of the company uh, so that there are no issues and that everything talks to each other. Yeah. So the way I look at it and we're going to talk about um i know a big thing is calendaring and i know it's for a lot of companies because there's a lot of meetings and i think you were saying there's 3200 one-on-one monthly calls mm-hmm. with the company right yes so i mean that's if you if you think of scheduling the time and you know coordinating the time and emailing and then getting on the call so you know, it's like you identified this problem, like you said, mapped out a process, found out where the repetitive the mistakes were, created a bot, and then create a software around it. So that talk was, about calendaring. Yeah, that was a little bit different. So um, we, um, the main thing is always how the customer happy, right? So then um, I had started getting complaints that they are where one-on-one CEOs or CFOs that had not, like some, some clients were saying, I haven't had a call with my CFO in five months. I haven't had a call with my COO in uh, three months. So I haven't had a call with my CEO in uh, two months. So I realized, okay, we need to start um, tracking. And um, at the same time, 
we people will get upset if, for example, one of the CEOs or uh, one of the professionals working one on one with them, if they would uh, leave, they would change jobs or they would do something else and they had to be assigned to somebody else. And I was wondering why the service should always be the same for everybody. But I realized that it wasn't that having different, um, I would call it coaches or one-on-one -on -one professionals, like business uh, managers, professionals, um, people were not following the, the questions that they needed to be asking, the tracked information that they needed. They to weren't track. following the process. They were not following the process. So um, I looked for a couple of years uh, for software that could do it and um, that could do what we needed to do. And I couldn't find. So I said, okay, well, let's start developing this. So what happened was um, I ended up creating two softwares to solve the calendaring and the one-on-one -on -one, uh, calls and trackings. Um, everything um, that needs to be delivered to a client uh, basically lives in a calendar at one point. That is kind of the one place that is the unique to everybody. Everybody has to be in a workshop. They have to be in a group call. They have to be in a one-on-one -on -one call. They have to be somewhere um, that a calendar is, um, is, um, is involved. So I divided the, the group calls um, for any kind of group, live or online or over the phone, and then the one-on-one -on -one calls. And those became kind of two separate softwares. And the group calls, the main thing on those, the main mistakes that, that there were happening were that people would not find out that they needed to be invited to that call, that they needed to attend to that call. And then sometimes the person delivering the content in those calls, they will not know exactly what they needed to teach and they will teach something else. So Good question, Alejandro, with that. So there's one-on-one yeah. mm -hmm. -on -one in group. One-on-one, -on -one I could see there's a client. They're like, I need to be contact you know, with the, with the, my CEO, the CFO, COO, so I can get more strategy. What mm -hmm. is an example of a group call? Why, what would be the use case for a group call? So um, when a client gets to our company, they first get into a 12-week crash course. So that we make sure that they have the basis of everything that they are going to need to manage their business. Um, most of the businesses don't even have a business plan. So they, in those 12 weeks, they develop a business plan. We go through every single part, like all the, the, parts, of, the, the parts of a business, and we make sure that the bases are there and the bases for businesses at different levels. There are multiple of these, um, of these 12 crash courses. So for example, there is an order in that our system uh, that... Um, that um, is better to attack first uh, the goals of the owner, then the marketing, then the people, then the factory, then the, each of those, each of those um, uh, milestones. And for example, somebody wouldn't know exactly what was taught the week before, so then they would teach something else that it didn't follow the rest of the, uh, of the, of the workload. And they will get, the client will get homework for something, but then the person will be teaching something else and they wouldn't address any of the homework. So things like that were happening. So um, with this software, we basically coded all of the levels, all of these uh, 12-week crash courses that 
I don't even know how many hours it took to prepare all of those emails uh, for each of the levels and then um, send on the invitations to the right group of people. I, uh, I mean, it was hundreds of hours. So right now um, you basically create a new crash course. You choose the start date, you choose the group that you want and you click start and then everything that has to happen happens. You choose who's gonna be the host and the co-host and the backup host and that's it basically. And all the content and all the calendar invitations, all the information, um, all of the homework, Everything that needs to happen happens in basically 15 seconds, 10 seconds that it takes you to start one. So people That's get on like a, almost like a live group training webinar, mm -hmm. and then they get the follow-up emails, you know, the people show up and they know what they're teaching, et cetera, internally and externally, people get all the notifications, everything they need to get started. Yeah. Yeah, and the information of what's going to be taught and the homework that they need to do before the call. So they can ask questions and they can bring, up, bring their problems and then we can talk about them. Usually there is a teaching part of the call and then Q&A. Um, and everybody has to um, have to do some sort of homework so then they can um, talk about it. Yeah. And... Um, the other thing is um, after the call happens, if they couldn't attend, also the system automatically sends emails when the recording is posted in the membership site, uh, which is also all of those for operations is a giant workload in like a place where tons of mistakes can happen. If you send the wrong recording to the wrong group of people, like they get pissed and we have anywhere from five to 10, I would say five to 15 calls a, a week that are happening in groups. Some months there are also uh, workshops like live workshops that are happening or virtual workshops that are happening. So all of that gets put into the software and everything that they need gets sent automatically. Yeah. So things that before used to take just hours and hours and hours and tons of mistakes, now in seconds they get done. And did the one-on-one -on -one calls work the same or was it differently? And I just want to point no. out one thing that you said, mm -hmm. which I thought was important, which is with all these things, it sounds like you search for a solution out there because if you could mm -hmm. save your team development time, if there was a, a solution that you could use, you'd use it. But it sounded mm -hmm. like you looked out there and there wasn't anything that met your needs. Yes, uh, what happened was, they are, I looked in all industries first, in all industries first, there wasn't anything. Then uh, one software appeared for coaching companies, but it was, it will only do uh, uh, one coach, one, like one professional assigned to one client. And we have multiple, multiple professionals um, attached to that client. And also that client usually has multiple employees. They have partners, they have other people that need access to the information because we're helping run their business, right? To manage and grow their business. So there is, it's a group of people and we are a group of people too. So for a long time, that software didn't do that. Then finally, um, the developer decided to put that, but then he was just one person developing everything. And we were, 
Where, where were we? I think we were maybe at five or six million, I think, at that point. Um, it was like a while ago. And um, I thought, okay, this is the time where I'm going to keep developing all my bots and like my basic software or that I'm gonna, I could move to this other software. And the developer didn't want to put the code in escrow in case that's It's a big decision. Happened. Yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. big decision for a company. Well, and uh, he didn't want to put the code in escrow. And um, he his answer to, well, what happens if something happens to you? Like, I can't put my whole company, like, uh, like our services in jeopardy because, or, you know, if something happens to you. And he said, well, my best friend that is a developer then will help my wife. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not putting my company in that position. If that's how you work, we're done, basically. So you want an so, access to the code. If something happens to them, you could build on top of it. Exactly. And I could use it, modify it, and I could actually keep it running. Because if you develop anything, I mean, or even you have a website, you know that um, Chrome is going to do the update. Then the other thing is going to do the update. Then the other thing is going to, then the browsers, then the computers. And it's like endless. It's endless, yeah. So nothing works at one point of the month, I would say. Sometimes we can go maybe three or four months and nothing actually breaks. But then the moment that there is an upgrade on the database, on the whatever it is going to be, something breaks. So yeah. you have to have developers constantly making sure that is up. Um, that's the nature of the beast. So from the one on the one on one worked a little bit different from the group then. Yeah. You had to create a whole different thing for that. A completely different thing. And that one has And by the way, this is a serious pain point because I'm not going to name the company, but it's a large software company that I've used. And that was a huge issue. Someone would leave. I wouldn't I would get autoresponders for a while. They didn't reassign me. They think they need the, your software. You could sell it to this publicly traded company that I was using, but because mm -hmm. it was a huge problem from a client perspective, from me being the client, mm -hmm. they didn't have a process or system or software. And this is a huge software company too, in general, mm -hmm. um, in the payroll space, I won't name names, but it was crazy. I'd be reassigned or not, or not reassigned. And I would just be in this endless loop of not being in contact with people. So I, I get the mm -hmm. one on the, what you're about to talk about, the, the true pain point from a client mm -hmm. perspective, if it's not in place from the one-on-one yeah, -on -one side. Imagine in a small company when that happens <laughs> and then the client is not even contacted. I mean, it's, it's, you get really, really mad as, as, as the client. And what we care is that they pay us, right? <laughs> so that if, if not, we're not in business. So that is kind of the most important thing and the retention rate, right? Um, and the software is essential. Like our retention rate went so much, like, like right now it's 98% to give you an idea, but we were like at 65, 64%. I mean, it was like, it was crazy. So, um, so how's all, yeah. Tell me about the one-on-one. -on -one. How does that work? Yeah. So, um, the one-on-one, -on -one, I, um, I knew what we needed. I knew that um, if if um, the professional, the one-on-one -on -one professional was a CEO, they needed to have this particular agenda. If they was a COO, they needed to have this other particular agenda. Like each of them had their own agenda that they had to go through like a, a number of questions. And they were meeting monthly and also weekly and asking different amount of questions for 90 minutes, um, 60 minutes and 30 minute calls. 
So, um, and also these calls were happening with different members of their team. So it was pretty complex, right? Like the, the level of, uh, of calls that we needed to make sure that happened and what was happening in those calls. Yeah. A lot of human error, if it's left to their own devices, can happen there. Totally, and a lot of tracking. So the first thing that I realized was that a lot of those questions, and if we modify those questions, the answer could be a number. And if it's a number, then I can create reports, right? So I, I um, basically modified uh, change so that most of the answers will be numbers. And then if they were copy, then um, we will have also an export of that copy, that complete, so we could understand um, what, was, what is happening there in that business. But the main, um, the main thing that we kept track of, of was all of those numbers. And uh, from revenue, uh, account receivables, number of clients, like all important numbers that a business owner should be tracking and a business should be tracking. So then we put uh, red flags if the numbers went down more than two months in a row, if they, um, if uh, the number of clients reduced and the um, and what they are charging also uh, didn't change, like a bunch of red flags that we can do that we can uh, we can know about because the answers are numbers. So how often were you? So if the you know the team member was meeting with this company, mm-hmm. how often would they be filling out those numbers? How would the numbers be filled out? Would they the are weekly and they are monthly. Got it. Mm-hmm. And depending which member of the team is meeting, um, they have different ones. But we mainly care about revenue, number of clients and, and account receivables. Uh, like that is basic. There are also information that is important, uh, like yearly, did they fill out, did they um, fill out and send in their taxes? <laughs> like things like that that I major for a business, right? Um, so with that, I actually hired people that just came out of school. Um, originally, I had a project manager that was seasoned, but I did not like how he was working. He was too slow. And I needed to go fast uh, with this. So I hired basically students and we created in three months, we created the first version of the software we call the dashboard, which because it's a dashboard that shows you everything that is happening. Um, And I did not care about, and this is important, I did not care about what it looked like because I needed functionality. Like I needed to know, for example, if they are going through 20 questions in the hour and a half, do they want them in a list altogether or do they want one by one? And like, how do they want to see the, the reports from the past months or the three last months and things like that? I just, I wanted to understand how they like to work the best. Uh, because if they don't, the person using your software, they don't like it, they're not going to use it. So, um, so I- You weren't I, looking worried about the look yet. You were just like, if you compare, I guess, surveying software is like type form, only one question shows up at a time. And there's other ones that you can see is that intimidating to see all 20 of them or something like that. Yes. For example, that, like that was one of the, one of the things that I wanted to test. So before the basically skinning the software, like putting colors and making it look pretty. Mm -hmm. I wanted to understand functionality and 
if we were right, right? If this were this was the order, all of that. So in three months, we have something that I ask the team to test. So then they test it. They say, yes, this is fantastic. And then they tell me, um, you know what? If we went for like two months to San Francisco, we could hire one of these companies to actually make the software. And I'm like, but I just made the software. Like it's working. You're telling me like it works, but they didn't consider it a software because it didn't look nice. So then I spent. Well, the, the funny ironic part, Alejandra, is you're a world class animator. And mm -hmm. so I think this says something about the process because you can make things look pretty and nice, but you chose not to do that at that point. So I just want to stress that because you had the you had the capability to do it mm -hmm. even. Yeah, um, the um, I'm also a world class designer. Like I have like, I don't know, 40 international design awards. Like I could make the thing look pretty, but the purpose, like any purpose of any design is it needs to work. People need to use it. That's the purpose of software, right? So if they don't use it, like I didn't want to spend because it was going to spend a lot of time designing it and um, creating the colors, the interface and all of that. And I knew I was going to have to change it from experience. So um, when that happened, I, I like they were telling me, well, but it doesn't kind of look good. I mean, it's kind of like basic. And so then I said, OK, give me a week. So then in a week, we designed it. We made it look pretty. So then I reintroduced it. And then they looked at it. They used it. And, this is wonderful. This is fantastic. Let's use it. Can we add this thing? And, and everything worked. So. Um, if you are a CEO watching this, that like you're developing software, know that that will happen. And I will still do it again the same way. I will not spend any time with the design because it's going to change. And then uh, it takes a lot more time when uh, certain things have to put into the, the software. So it looks a certain way and it's a pain in the neck to, to change it. Uh, I will still go functionality first. Um, I can see Alejandra that like part of this one-on-one, -on -one, so part of it is you develop this dashboard so that the meetings, you have to fill out these numbers, right? And you know, if someone's not having the meeting because the dash is not being updated. So how does that work to mm -hmm. be, because sometimes it's, I've, I have found it to be hard. If there's no input, how do you trigger a system rather than does it, I can see if there's an input in the system, like someone enters something in, it triggers the system. But if there's no input, does it trigger the system saying, hey, this hasn't been updated in, you know, three weeks? What's going on? Is there not been a meeting? Well, it, How does that it's work? It's very simple. Um, what you do is you do a, a bot first that is going to check, go into all of the different um, clients and see what calls they did where the, the information went, was inputted, and then who they are also assigned to. And then if there was no information, then it counts when was the last time that there was information in there. So then every Monday, it sends us one of the Monday emails is the no-show report. And it tells us um, if, the, if there wasn't a, um, a show, yeah, if there is any information that anybody else put in there, why this person didn't show up, it's going to appear. And then it shows everybody assigned to them. The dashboard not only tracks the one-on-one -on -one calls, it tracks also all the notes and all the interactions. So anybody that has an interaction 
they can go in there and add different types of notes. Like if I talk to one of uh, like a client and I want everybody else to know about it, I go and make a note and I and I and I explain what happened. Um, if um, finances goes and that's it, like any anybody in the company um, can do that. And then um, they add automatic reports that also um, we get by email with basically Excel sheets that show us. Uh, trends, how each of our one-on-one professionals is doing. Like, for example, uh, since then you have all that data, you can tell um, who is um, from the one-on-ones, who is uh, trending up, like all of their businesses that are working with them are um, increasing revenue, uh, which ones are going down. And then you know also how to manage that person. And like, you can ask questions before basically the client fires you. Hmm. Uh-huh. I guess, you know, one of the questions is, um, do you use a certain calendar system that it makes it easier for you to integrate with the software? Yes. Um, at the moment, we've been using Acuity. Mm-hmm. Um, Acuity I've had Gavin, uh, the founder on one of the on one of the podcasts, uh, for, you know, a different podcast, and they actually sold to um, Squarespace. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a great software. He's a, he's a genius. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, I have requested over the years, uh, I have requested many, many features <laughs> with them. It would have been useful to know him like er- early on because we had specific needs that um, the, the first, the reason that I had chosen originally was because it was the only one that could do two um, two way um, um, calendaring with Office 365, which is the system that uh, we use for email and calendar. So all of the other software at the time, which it was years ago when I chose it, um, they will only do one way. So from the calendaring system to Outlook, but then they could do two way. Like it could check if the time was busy already and then not show it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that for us was very important, and everything ends up being zapped also with uh, Zapier, and then they get specific tags in um, the CRM we use is called Infusionsoft. Um, so then everything ends up over there too. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. love for you to talk a little bit about you know since we're geeking out on software and you are basically integrating different softwares into so you have the inputs into one place. What are some of the softwares you like? You mentioned Zapier, you mentioned Acuity scheduling, and what other softwares do you like outside of the ones you've created, of course? Uh, I like Infusionsoft um, very much. Um, hmm. Are there other ones you use like for internal and external communication uh, with the team or with... No, by now we used to use, since I replaced myself, I knew that there were certain things that were gonna, we were growing. Um, we went in the past 24 months, we went from about 35, 36 employees to 125. So um, systems had to change. Uh, and now they chose, um, for example, internal communications, they like to use Teams that is part of the Office 365 um, suite. We went from Evernote to OneNote. 
because it also is part of the same suite, kind of trying to reduce the different um, the different software that we, we were using. And we use also for files, uh, we still use Dropbox. Um, we like it, it hasn't, um, it gives us everything that we need uh, as far as access and administration of it. Um, yeah like over the years. Also a lot of bots leave. Um, the other thing we use a lot is Amazon is um, AWS. Um, we use that in many, many capacities. First of all, Alejandra, this has been fantastic. I, I just want to, mm -hmm. I know we, we went a little bit in the weeds, but this is what the COs and directors of operation like to go in the weeds. That's probably why they became, you know, that way and dig into uh -huh. the system. So I appreciate you kind of walking through your mindset with everything. I want to mm -hmm. um, encourage people to check out more about what you're doing. What website? Mm -hmm. I know I've gone to howtomanage.com. Yeah. Are there any other places online? Is that the best place for people to learn more about your company and you? Uh, no, I would say aleloop.com, A-L-E-L-O-O-P, P-S-P-O-L.com. That's a -L, uh, say it again, A-L-E-L-O-O-P-S-P-O-L.com. Got, it. Got mm -hmm. it. Awesome. So people check out that, howtomanage.com, A-L-E-loop.com, and check out more episodes of the podcast and Sweet Process, and Alejandro will be the first one to thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's my